0: There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.
2: Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Emily Rose, and I'm here with... Friend of the pod, host of a prolific podcast empire, which <laughs> she's going to tell you all about, Cam. Hi, Emily. Hi, Cam. Hi. How are it's you? It's so nice. That I'm, I'm so, I'm tickled to see you right now. Oh, God. <laughs> I hope not. No, I, I'm i just, I'm so excited about this. Um, the last time, I believe one of the last times we recorded together, at least for this podcast, uh, was an episode called We Need to Talk About Swift Gron. And you've got the doctorate in Swift Gron Theory. So it's a prolific episode that people are still listening to to this day. Um, it was recorded like over a year ago. But you, I'm sure people know you from the What I Will Say podcast, but tell everyone, tell the class about your latest venture. It's very exciting to me. Yeah, I'd be thrilled to guys.
3: So like Emily said, you might know me from my Taylor Swift queer pop culture podcast, what I will say, where we talk about Taylor Swift and all the conspiracy theories and exciting stuff around her. But I just started a podcast with my girlfriend, Gabriella who Emily has met, we all met up in New York City, had a wonderful time, and it is an advice podcast. Me and Gabby play your gay aunties, and we give advice. We try and help our listeners through tough situations and make them feel less alone and, you know, all that good stuff.
2: Yeah, it's it's really been a comfort listen for me because you guys just get, it's like, it's not even tough love. It's just very realistic. And like comforting, compassionate, but it's not just like blanket, like oh, you know, just do whatever you think is best. Like it's it's genuinely like precise advice. Um, uh, yeah, we all we all need some gay aunties on our shoulder, just guiding us through life. So
3: now it's in words to live form.
2: by. Yeah, honestly,
3: <laughs> words to live by. Um, yeah, yeah we put out, we do our best. We try and be very gentle. We try and use what I would call kid gloves because sometimes people just need a a listening ear and understanding ear. But yeah, uh, we have helped everybody from a girl who hates her best friend's fiance to another girl who was hooking up with her sister's best friend to another person who didn't know how to talk to their therapist and tell them that they didn't know how to talk to them. So it was like this problem of they're scared to talk to them. So they're scared to even tell them they're having issues and all sorts of other good stuff um it's a lot of fun we get some juicy ones about secret hookups or screwing your boss at work we get some really heartfelt ones about you know dealing with grief losing loved ones moving on from hard breakups and it's I think it may be my favorite thing I've ever put out into the world I just think it's really positive and not to jerk my own dick off too much but I love the content we're making so
2: jerk that dick cam like (laughs) that's (laughs) what go off like really but like it's so nice when you're, you're making content that just something like clicks and you're like, yes, like this is, I don't without wanting to sound too like whatever, you're in a flow state. It just, mm. you're like, okay, yes, I'm where I'm meant to be. And then like the creativity comes, I don't know. You guys need to give me advice sometime. We all, will call in. Well,
3: anytime you want at stay at home girlfriends pod on Instagram, there's a link in our bio to submit an advice request. So
2: yeah. And, and all that will be in the show notes. Um, but as for today, you gave me the idea for what we're about to cover. So it's spooky month. It's October. I wanted to cover creepy, weird stuff. And you were like, let's cover the Tickle documentary. And I've heard rumblings about it, about how weird and fucked up it is. And I guess I would describe it after watching it as sort of like what should have been a fluff piece turned into sort of like fetish true crime content. Yeah. 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 Um, In a review, it said Fetish documentary goes from giggly to grim, which I thought really summed it up. So we're going to dive into that. First, though, we have a tradition of talking about when it came out and the top hits of that week, which this is a very interesting (laughs) selection. So it came out May 27th, 2016, and the top Billboard hits were from number five. Took a a Pill in Ibiza, Mike Posner, Mm. One Dance by Drake, Work by Rihanna, Work from Home by Fifth Harmony, and an absolutely horrifying Can't Stop the Feeling by Justin Timberlake. Why do
3: I feel like all of those songs are the perfect soundtrack for this documentary?
2: Yeah, especially Can't Stop the Feeling, like really for any horror movie. Yeah. Um yeah, so I guess in 2016 they wanted us like either aggressively dancing or working. So I don't know, were we okay? Uh, not really. I don't think
3: we were. No. No, we were not okay in 2016. And will we ever be okay again? <laughs> That's that remains to be seen.
2: Mm-hmm. TBD. Um, but okay, let's get into the documentary. So the protagonist, center of this documentary is David Ferrier who's a reporter in New Zealand who's he's just someone who investigates like quirky stories and sort of like weird fun stories and normally I'm not big on when the documentary maker is also the protagonist. It it has a place but it really does have a place in in this movie because he never really set out to make anything as twisted as it becomes but it's like something where he just pulls at the string and it just keeps unraveling and unraveling. So he starts off by seeing that there's oh, a cute little, cute little tickle competition run by this thing called Jane O'Brien media in the U S and it's a monthly event with called about competitive endurance tickling, where you get flown out, you get four free nights in a hotel, you get a 15, a $1,500 prize. And it's, basically like guys sitting on each other and tickling them uh, but the footage is very like low resolution it really it looks like amateur porn that's mm-hmm. about to like kick into high gear
3: 100 percent. it the videos you know the clips you see you're like oh this is like a, a version of gay porn this is gay mm-hmm. porn about tickling and you're like okay cool like people are out here making some gay porn how, how, how wonderful how fun
2: Yeah, or you know what it also reminded me of was, um, remember Terry Richardson with American Apparel back in like the 2000s, how it was always sort of like, it was American Apparel ads that were always a bit, they were like sexual but in a way that was kind of uncomfortable, but it was meant to be that way, just sort of like Mm. raw, and you're like, am I, should I be seeing this? This isn't explicitly, like there's not cock on the
3: screen, but like something sexual is happening here. Yeah. I can't put my finger on it, but it is.
2: Yeah. Is this a girl being made uncomfortable by the guy behind the camera? Is this guy going to be canceled in another age when this is not deemed appropriate anymore? Probably. But yeah, but it starts off with um, this guy, David Ferrier, just writing an email being like, hey, can I interview you and gets this response (laughs) to be. Absolutely not. To be brutally frank, association with a homosexual journalist is not something we will embrace. We desperately do not want a homosexual fan base applying for this competition. Regards, Debbie Cunn, lawyer for attorney for Jane O'Brien Media. This is when and the way
3: the way she says homosexual, especially the way they like acted out in the the (laughs) film. I'm like, go ahead and just say the F slur, like homosexual the way you're saying it at this point is worse like the energy (laughs) is just insane like you're just like what hold on and David he is this cute little not quite a twink but he is like a nice little gay man and I love his energy can I just say like it seems like he's like a little bit medicated all the time (laughs) you know
2: yeah yeah inquisitive but yeah just sort of one note, but like very just like chill. Persistent, yes, very persistent. And also, like he's like the perfect guy to be dealing with real characters, which is the, the niche that he's carved out for himself as a journalist.
3: Yeah, he's so neutral. He's like, well, you know, making a documentary. Like he's he has this New Zealand little accent, and he's just so. The way he approaches things is like so unassuming. He's just like, oh well. He's, like, acting like everything around him is normal, and he's in, like, neck deep in, like, a a tickle fetish monster pit by the end of this. So I just love him. No notes for him. But, yeah, the homosexual letter. You're kind of, like, to me, this whole documentary was very much the case of thou doth protest too much. You know what I mean?
2: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, anyone anyone shouting from the rooftops about not being a homosexual, like... You're like, okay, so I found the
3: gay. Like, yeah,
2: it's you. Y- you. don't have to be an empath, you know, to be picking <laughs> up on some vibes.
3: <laughs> yeah, like, and it, I, think it, I think the big message of this documentary is like, well, there's a lot talking about different abuse online and abuse of people that have less money in the world and all these things. But to me, it's like internalized homophobia can make you insane. Like, it can ruin your life. And turn you into a monster. Which I think is what happened here. That's kind of my big thesis. And also oh, unchecked yeah. money. Is a problem too.
2: Yeah unchecked money. And unchecked like whatever it is. Of repressing who you are innately. Yeah it makes people go. batshit shit insane. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah and then like when that person. Has unlimited money which we'll talk more about. It's like pouring gasoline on. Like an already mm. insane person. So I wrote down this other quote because now they keep they keep writing him. This was not the only correspondence he got from the attorney of Jane O'Brien Media. I, this quote, competitive tickling is a passionately and exclusively heterosexual athletic endurance activity. <laughs> I was like, I can see why Cam picked out this <laughs> entry, like just the, the like irony and like the twisted like layers to unpeel <laughs> this onion.
3: Yeah, their energy. Remember, this guy is a known journalist, respected journalist. He sent a simple email and they start a harassment campaign on him, threatening him, calling him homosexual in a hateful way. It's like crazy how much they do.
2: Oh yeah. They, um, I, yeah, I had to freeze frame a few times because they're right. The, the, the emails include shame on you. They call him a gay little Kiwi, All, but listeners, these are her, her words. Okay. All these are her words. <laughs> these do not represent what, how I speak, but yeah, it, and obviously it's going to get him more curious. So I'm very, I'm glad he investigated, but it would, it would pique anyone's interest. Yeah, this this all could have been
3: avoided if they had said, yeah, we'd love to give an interview. And then just said, it's not a sex thing. It's not a gay thing. It's just a sport we do.
2: And that's it. And then, like, all of it's over, you know? Yeah. But, you know, okay, so I don't want to give it away right away, like, what Mm -hmm. happens. But it's sort of, like, the same type of crazy that would motivate you to be building the empire that they have is, like, also the same motivation to be, like... (laughs) Why are you writing us? Why are you writing us? You little gay, little kiwi, like just—it's it, like all part of their their shtick. So he's like, okay, well, now I'm definitely doing a documentary on this. Um, and he's trying to research, like, what where is this company based? Like very simple things, but it's like it's a U.S. company, but it's based in Germany. Everything about it is nebulous and confusing. And so, two weeks later, he hears from the lawyer again that he's been put on notice, stop what he's doing or else. Um, Oh, and also legal action has been filed in the US. And then there's people that are literally going to be flying in from New York to New Zealand. They told them the day that they were coming, but not the time. And so this poor guy is just waiting in the airport, this anxious, this is maybe where like, there's no meds that are strong enough because he's waiting there from 5 a.m. onwards with this little rainbow sign being like, Shane O'Brien Media. Yeah, so
3: so David, our hero, goes to the airport to meet these representatives of the country. Just sitting there, and they show up, and it is so fucking awkward.
2: Yeah, it's incredibly awkward. They're incredibly pissed that they're filming. They sort of have a little moment at first where I thought things would go okay, and then they're so upset that they're filming, and it's bizarre because he he chats with them a bit, but they the people that flew in it turns out haven't met Jane. But they're kind of like very suspicious. They're like, why are you asking all these questions? Like, why does it matter? And he's like, well, (laughs) because it's not weird to anyone. Um, But they're telling him basically that he will be legally fucked um, if he goes ahead with the documentary. So...
3: It's a very terse meeting. Like, at first they're friendly. Then they see they're being filmed. And there's a couple characters. There's Marco, who seems like a nice man. Nice, normal man. Weird that he's involved with this. There's... Kevin, can I just say, I thought Kevin was the villain, and I oh. I was re-watching this the other night in preparation for this podcast, and I was like, oh, it's that Kevin guy, right? Kevin shows up, and he is grubby. He's got a nasty ponytail. He is a greasy man. I do not like the cut of his jib, and he gets real aggro, and then they have a little twink with them. Adam, I think is his name. Yeah. Yeah. yes.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's the benefit of watching it a few times because for me at this point, I was just shocked by like, okay, this is how Jane's minions are acting. Like, okay, right. this is all weird. But yeah, there there are a lot of characters involved and attached to this company. But as you said earlier, it's like, it really is a story of what people will do when they're desperate for money. Like some of them seem sinister, but some of them seem like they just got caught up in the wrong thing um, with someone who has, Apparently very deep pockets. So, Yeah. So da- um, David goes on to reach out to the boys in these tickling videos. Because there's, there's many, many tickling videos on YouTube and just around the internet. And they're all in the same style of like this weird, just, yeah, weird, like amateur porn, uncomfortable energy about it. And he reaches out to a hundred of the boys in tickling videos and they're all too nervous to talk to him, except for one named TJ. And this is like where you really start to understand just how perverse this is. So he was desperate for money. He had a family member that was sick. Um, goddamn U.S. Like this is so fucked <laughs> up. Side note. Anyway, um, so he joined to try to pay for his sick relatives treatments goes to this place and sees that it's all guys and that he would be tied down and this guy is straight and he's not he doesn't seem i don't know cam like what your perspective he doesn't seem homophobic to me he's just like okay this is just seems like this is for gay men not for me yeah he's he
3: seems like pretty as far as like a a hetero white male athlete that this, this guy is TJ. He seems like a, just like kind of nice. Like he just, it sounds like he was trying to help out his family, get some money coming in when there was someone who's was going through cancer and he shows up and he's just like, what the, what is going on? Yeah. And, you know, like you said, he didn't know he was going to be tied down. So instantly I'm like, okay, so like consent issues, you're sort of bringing people in and they don't know the details of everything. Like, and yeah. Yeah, he seems like a normal straight guy that isn't there to bother anybody, just trying to help out his family.
2: Yeah, and they're being filmed, but they're also being told that these are audition tapes, quote unquote. Like, yeah. What it's they're auditioning for, it's not fully made clear, but also it's like they're they're all young boys that are being recruited and when you're young and desperate, like and you're you can get 1500 bucks for a couple hours of like tickling, you're not going to ask too many questions. So they're going on that That pretense. No, I'm fixing Um, to reply to one of those ads. Are you kidding me? Like fifteen hundred (laughs) dollars. Well, they don't. Yeah, they don't. They don't want the ladies. No, they don't. Seems like. Yeah. (laughs) So that then he sees, he does the tickling. It's weird. Goes home, thinks nothing of it. But this video he finds it later on YouTube when he's googling himself. And this guy, like you mentioned, he's a pro athlete. He's like, okay, I don't want... This is meant to be an audition tape. I don't want this up. Emails Jane and gets ghosted. So he emails YouTube and they take it down. Because he's like, I didn't give permission for this video to be up. And that's when he says all hell breaks loose. So that's when Debbie, the lawyer, starts sending threatening emails Um, His video starts appearing on every platform, basically making this push for it to go viral on every single platform possible. They send emails to the high school where he coaches saying that he is, quote, an outed gay guy with male tickling fetish. They call him a drug addict, a child molester, um, everything under the sun. He talks about how he got dropped from football teams that he was on and it cost him jobs, all kinds of things, because... They go with this route of like, okay, anytime they Google your name, this is the first thing that's going to come up, like, because you had this video taken down.
3: Yeah, they Google bomb him. And -hmm. we're going to learn this is a pattern, but it's it just sounds like he did this for a little extra money. All he wanted was for. This video to not be on YouTube that he never agreed to have it put on YouTube and the price for getting YouTube to take it down, which was well within YouTube's rules and fine with YouTube to take down was now his, they've gone scorched earth on his internet presence. Anytime you look up this guy's name, it is gay, tickling fetish, you know, gay child molester get like, and you're just like, what did he do to deserve this? And what I think we start to see is that the tickling, Jane O'Brien, media, Jane, whoever she is, whoever's behind Jane O'Brien and media, part of the fetish is not just the tickling. The tickling's not the only fetish. You start to see this pattern of there's a fetish for the abuse that you can inflict yes. on someone once you yeah. have damning information on them. Or what even, frankly, he wasn't gay. Not that there's anything wrong with being gay, but of course, especially in rural areas in America, that can hurt your reputation, sadly. But he didn't even do anything gay. He sat around and tickled people. And then you have the people emailing David saying, this is not a homosexual organization. This is not gay. This is a competitive sport. So it's like, it's sort of like to bring people in. You're like, no, it's straight. It's straight bros. And then once you're on the other side of it and you've stepped afoul of Jane O'Brien Media now it's fucking gay. And you're just like, wow, you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah. And it's like the way that the football team dropped him and said, look, sorry, this is just too weird. Like you haven't been yeah. accused of any crimes or anything, but it's just, it, we don't want to be associated with this weird media firestorm that surrounds you. And yeah, like every, the way that, that this whole place operates, yeah, it reminds me of celebrities that that do crimes and, like, assault people, and then they're like, I had a fetish. Like, it was a... I'm just into weird stuff, and, like, you're construing it all wrong. And it's like, yeah, it really... It really is about controlling and ruining people's lives at the end of the day. Yeah. But we'll get more into that, because it's not just this guy, TJ, who gets affected. It's much bigger than him. So... The the journalist is just, like... It's, like, one bigger what the fuck moment after another they go to the building where these competitions are happening and they can hear laughter through the vents and they see the boys occasionally taking cigarette breaks outside it's all very creepy and they they interview like other people that make tickling videos um and this one of the guys like openly says you know it's it's because he likes kind of like light bdsm type of stuff it's it's sort of like I guess it's like furries where it's like it could be sexual or it could be not, and, and that's yeah. just like I guess tickling stuff just outside mm-hmm. of this documentary. Um, but they show this kind of like m- one of the more prolonged scenes of this guy getting tied down, being tickled, and like I I could like barely watch. I found it oof, so yes oh yeah I was like almost like fast forward. I was like just sinking down in my chair and like had my eyes covered. And I was like make it stop like. You know, you'd, ooh, even just like <laughs> talking about it, I'm like, oh, get off me.
3: <laughs> yeah, they they interview this guy from Florida, like you just said, who he makes like legitimate above the board tickle homoerotic tickle fetish sexual pornographic content. Although it like you at first glance, it doesn't look it is just tickling. But he's like honest about I have a porn website, basically, and mm-hmm. They show you a tickle session. It looks very uncomfortable. I couldn't watch it because the guy was so hairy and they were oh. zooming in on the, on the <laughs> guy being tickled, like his armpits and his nipples. And it's just like, Oh, but <laughs> it seems it's like very consensual. Like this is a guy he's hired to be in a scene with him. He gets tied up, but he knows he's going to be tied up. And it kind of shows you the other side where this guy, he has a tickle fetish. He said, he's always been interesting and interested in tickling. And he's very above the board. and. It just like it's his career now, and he seems to have made good money off of it. They show his house, he's got a pool, and yeah, he just seems like a happy, normal guy. But he gives the lead on some, you know, some possibly nefarious characters that we're gonna look into next. He suggests, uh, Terry, what is wait, I can't even remember Terry the name. Tickle.
2: Well, they, they say that they, it's Terry, Terry. DeSisto. Yeah. But who goes by this alias, Terry Tickle, but Terry DeSisto for. Yeah. So
3: Florida man, as I called him in my notes, he says, yeah, back in the day, I got on AOL to like discover this fetish for myself and understand like, what am I into? Am I the only one into it? So he goes to the World Wide Web. And this is like in the 90s. And on the AOL old school, old school message boards, Terry Tickle, aka Terry DeSisto, is this woman who's on there. She always has a picture of this woman with big blonde hair, like an 80s high school photo. And Terry is on there and she's like wrecking havoc on the tickle community. She's talking about how she loves to tickle. She's always looking for men to tickle. She's a a woman and she wants to tickle men and just being a fucking freak on there. And she's looking for models or actors or whatever you want to call them to appear in her private collection of videos.
2: Yeah, and again, it's like, if everyone's a consenting adult, like, sure. Do your Tickle content. Yeah. Yeah, but it's not that. It's really baiting Terry DeSisto, who we we, we keep seeing this photo that's like this black and white, like, 80s, 80s glam, kind of like Sears photo shoot style photo of Terry. And they ended up speaking with a man who had been involved in these tickling move films, wanted it to stop. And also similar to TJ got these phone campaigns made against him by Terry. She sent dozens of letters to his mom saying that he was hairy and horny, like all these weird. They keep calling him hooked nose, hairy, horny. Hooked yeah. Nose. They mentioned these like weird, uh, like a, they say like a weird Jewish man, um, sent birthday cards to his mom saying that he had died. Like, this is, it's, like, twisted. Well, his brother, so this is Dave
3: Starr, who was, um, he was, like, a casting agent for Terry. He, like, worked on the outskirts of the industry and in the porn industry, and he would find models for her. And... At some point, she said, I want to start publishing these. Even though the models, this was for her private collection, the actors, models, they had never said, you can publish my face. And Dave says, oh, fuck no. That's how we get sued. That's how I lose my reputation as like a casting agent. We're not going to do that. And just him saying no to her is enough to start the campaign of online abuse. She did robocalls. She made a robocall, and anybody he'd ever worked with she would call up and say in this robe of voice, you have been known to be associated with Dave Starr. Dave Starr has outed you as a homosexual pornographer, as a child molester, blah, blah, blah. And it's this campaign of harassment when all he did was say no to her. And the worst thing she does is on his dead brother's birthday, because his brother had died, she sent his mother a card and said, I bet you wish Dave was dead instead of Edward, his brother. And you're just like, Okay, none of this is warranted, you know?
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. This is where I was just like, I almost like blacked out. I'm like, what is (laughs) happening? Like this, and this like poor, this like kind of cute older man is just like, yep. Yep. Oh, you thought he was, I thought he was a little skeevy. Like I was like, oh, he's worked in porn. Like he's a porn
3: guy. Like he's around porn. He gave porn energy to me, but he certainly did not deserve the treatment old Tickle Terry gave him
2: yeah maybe not adorable maybe he was creepy I think he was just the first like relief of not an overtly creepy thing happening in this documentary yeah, I was like yeah. oh this is a safe person he's probably not or maybe maybe whatever he's fine but he was under attack by Terry and everyone that he ever knew in his life got roped into it Ooh. we find out that this is Terry DeSisto's like modus operandi to just basically bait young boys into making tickling videos by offering them everything they could ever want. So she would stock them, offer them money, concert tickets to bands. They liked laptops, more money, whatever. And wouldn't really accept. No. So what teenage boy would turn down all of these things for whatever like uh to get tickled like okay I mean yeah. when you're a young college student or just young or even now I'm like yeah I'll get tickled for 1500 bucks <laughs> yeah. like if that's all you're doing sure but as soon as they would say no they didn't want to make videos anymore that's when she would turn and say okay I'm gonna make your life living hell." So all it takes is one no from one person and that's when they would get videos sent to everyone they knew everyone they worked with this is just how she operates so uh, some of these boys go on to they're like oh they're doing this as they're young teenagers then they go to university and they're like okay i'm over this now and she would shut down for, for one team in particular she shut down servers at his university implying that it was for him, and then sends threats to the White House, bomb threats to the White House, also implying it was him.
3: Yeah, these internet attacks that she, like, traces back to him. And, you know, these are, now we're talking about federal crimes that she is is inflicting on these boys simply because, like, Dave Starr, who didn't, said don't publish the, you know, the private videos, they didn't sign up for that, they just say no. The only, the thing that sets this woman off is when you say no. So she's gotten dozens of videos out of these kids and paid them for it. And yes, some of them are underage when she does that. So again, we're talking about minors here being involved. Like this is all super illegal, super fucked up. And just because they say no, she starts threatening the White House. Like the the stakes go so high with her over someone saying, yeah, I just don't want to do this anymore.
2: Yeah. Like these kids are just, they think that they're going to just do a day or two work for this weird woman and end up with the FBI at their dorm room, having to explain themselves. So it's really, this is like just more layers just keeping unpeeled and they come across. Okay. This is, this is what I was unclear on. Maybe, you had a better understanding. So they're trying to dig into the identity of like, okay, who is this fucking Terry woman and come across this David Diamato, who is an assistant principal at a high school. And so at this point, he's wondering like, what is the connection? Like they're connected, but like, are they the same person who, who is this school administrator and how is he involved in this like tickle tickle web
3: yeah so they come across david damato's name because there's a couple journalists involved at this point not our david not our um kiwi gay kiwi journalist but there's two more there's a guy named hal who in the 90s was chasing down terry and then there's another journalist um she's called she goes by debbie or deborah and once the, like, attacks on the university of the boy who said no start happening, Debbie gets involved. So they both spent time, like, trying to figure out who is this who is this woman attacking a university and, like, doing all this stuff. And eventually Hal, the other journalist, he gets his hands on a zip file. And he actually gets his hands on it. The way they get it is so, like you know, secret agent, like trench coat turned up, but there's one of her victims posted on a message board and said, Terry DeSisto is fucking with me. Can anybody help? And that victim got sent this zip file. And they said, this zip file, if you show Terry you have this, she'll back off. And so he gave it to Hal. And in the zip file, there's everything. It's like every personal document of Terry, of other aliases and... David D'Amato is in that file as I'm not quite sure how they put it all together, maybe owning a, a web, a web site or, or, you know, having access to the Terry accounts, but they say, okay, this is, this is all tied to David D'Amato who is a, he is a principal of the school, but his dad founded D'Amato and Lynch, which is one of the biggest um, law firms on wall street. So we're talking hundreds of millions of dollars, if not like an, an estate worth a billion, you know? And so David is just working as this principal, but he's very, very wealthy.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The The tickle guy's a Nepo baby.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not a woman. At least Terry's not. Now, Terry and Jane O'Brien Media, we don't know if they're the same person at this point, but David... It ends up, there ends up being a trial. And this is what is so fucking insidious about, I mean, I know it happens all over the world, but America, the billionaires just have us by the throats all the time. This guy was committing federal crimes, was abusing minors, was doing all this awful stuff. And he got off. The judge allowed him to live in a halfway house and go to Fordham University to study, to become a lawyer. His dad gets him into Fordham where he went to school. And that was going to be it. You know, they got him on some kind of one one or two federal charges and they let him off at a halfway house. And thank God somebody, I'm guessing it was like Debbie or Hal, our journalist friends, made Fordham University aware of his charges and the severity of the things this guy had done and they kicked him out. So David D'Amato did have to go to prison.
2: Yeah, in the legal system, all you need is a couple million dollars and you're fine. You can do whatever you want, really. um, And you'll be pretty good to go. So, yeah, that is this guy who fully... And, like, the trial is for disabling the computer systems at two universities um, for these two 18-year-olds who they were, quote, retaliating against for trying to end their working relationship. Um. You know, the technology obviously wasn't what it was now, but this stuff seems like even back then it would be traceable, like easily documented paper trail, but just gets six months in jail and then, yeah, goes on to law school using dad's money. No problem. They still have well, this- he almost completely got out of jail. I yeah. do think he goes to law school later,
3: but like he almost was fully let off with basically like, yeah, go study go get a degree. Like, are you fucking kidding me? That's the punishment. And it just shows like, you know, that dad was making phone calls, shoulder tapping for favors. And it's just so, it makes me sick to think. And I mean, he essentially, even six months in prison doesn't seem to be enough for somebody who's like showed this much of antisocial behavior towards others, including threatening the white
2: house, attacking the white house. Yeah. But, but threatening to attack the white house, but saying it was this, 18-year-old, like, trying to ruin the lives yeah. of people that were just starting off their life. Like, yeah. It, it's... Yeah. Yeah, antisocial behavior is a perfect way to describe it, because yeah. that's just what it is. It's like, if you're gonna do this type of psycho shit, you're gonna do other things. Like, and if you have this type of tech savviness and dr- drive, <laughs> passion to take people down, um, like, I don't know what... <laughs> what hackers look like back in like the 90s (laughs) early 2000s but they were getting somewhere um but at this point the documentary makers get legal letters saying that David D'Amato has nothing to do with Jane O'Brien media they're also like they're getting threats basically from both saying quote both sides from David D'Amato and Jane O'Brien's lawyer both saying we have nothing to do with each other we're going to fucking ruin you and like yeah yeah. this guy really was medicated because i wouldn't have been able i would have probably tapped out of this
3: no and like all this there's several different when you mentioned that they went to one of the tickle shoots our team our david the gay kiwi david they go to one of the tickles they're like creeping up in like a covered van they do these stakeouts multiple times and i'm just like how are you so chill about this? Like I I used to I have said at times like I want to be a journalist and like I do like to share stories with people. Obviously I have a podcast and I like to approach it with some kind of storytelling sort of truth finding journalistic vibe. I wouldn't call myself a journalist, but like I watched this and I was like, "Oh, I can't do any of this. I'd just like be apologizing to all the the tickle fetish monsters that I was annoying with my dumb questions, you know, but they just
2: do all these stakeouts. It's very impressive. It's very cool. It really is. And like in the same way that uh, being a millionaire gets you off the hook legally, it also means that you, you can go after and threaten people. And even if they have a good case on you, they're not going to want to go up against you. Yeah. You know what it reminded me of? What? That is the Donald Trump
3: playbook. So anybody that has ever stood up to him or sued for like genuine, I mean, you know, that monster, like he's done so many criminal and, you know, horrible things. They just slap you with a countersuit and he has so much money. He can just pay it, pay the lawyers to keep extending it and stay in court and hope the other side just runs out of money in court. So it never even sees like a judge or a jury.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I've heard like with, with legal, um, the legal system in the U S it's like, even if you win, you lose, because you're still spending like years of your life, stress thousands of dollars. Like it's just, yeah. And so there's so many people that are involved in this, but being threatened with this left and right. So their, their, their threat is quickly eliminated by this very powerful force of this mysterious, David Diamato and Jane O'Brien, who they still are like, who are these people? Like, they're still trying to track them down. I mean, like, is this real? Who are they? What? Like, no, they're not really getting any answers. Um, But they get a phone call from Michigan, this really uh, poor town where in Michigan, where there's Yet another tickling operation run by Jane. And and he's – David, the our David, like, is with someone in the car saying, like, do you think that she set up this operation because this place is so poor and there's so much crime and, like, basically the cops have better things to deal with? And he's like, yeah, of course. Um, and you also and- have
3: desperate people who will say, God, this is fucking sketchy, but I need the thousand bucks. And they will do it,
2: you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and – He's talking to this tickle recruiter who is getting death threats at the, at the prospect of talking to this documentary maker, but he goes ahead and talks to him anyway. And they're trying to figure out like where, okay, who are these people and where is the money coming from? And start to realize that just like how there's a this place in LA where this is happening, there's a place in Michigan. It's actually tickle sells all over the US run by Jane O'Brien and all of the videos, almost all the videos are supposed to be audition tapes. They, They get published on YouTube and everywhere else. And the money is endless both for luring these boys in and for the legal threats when they try to back out. But not just the US, the tickle cells are worldwide. And He's like, okay, what, what is going on when they're flying out at least 10 boys into LA every month, paying them thousands of dollars in cash, running these worldwide tickle cells. Like, we need to hunt down David Diamato. We're gonna find him and figure out like trade trace everything back to the source. So at this point, they go to New York. And yeah. Yeah. There's this crazy,
3: the, I think the craziest part of the documentary, they go to New York to try and confront David. And all the while, I believe their producer or maybe legal representative for their newspaper that they work for is like, don't confront him. Like we already have these lawsuits. We're already, you know, having to spend money on lawyers and deal with this. Don't confront him. Like, can, can't can you go to New York and look into other things and they're just like, no, the only reason we came to New York is to confront him. And again, like, I am just wowed by Kiwi David and Dylan. I don't know that we mentioned Dylan, who's the other filmmaker, who actually, I think, was the driving force of like, oh, no, we, we have to. Once the team came out to New Zealand and was so, so fucking weird, like, he was like, oh, no, we have to do this. So our David was just like, hey, okay, I guess we're doing this. And Th- they say fuck it we're we're gonna confront him anyway i can't imagine being like no i'm gonna go harass this person i mean they're not har- they just asked for an interview that's not harassment i shouldn't say that but like i can't imagine my boss being like don't do this and me being like no i'm gonna do exactly this never never in a billion years would i
2: you know no no or confronting confronting people on the streets like you don't know you don't Mm-mm. know what if they're have weapons or what like you don't I don't know for your own, yeah, especially in America. Well, yeah, I did not want... <laughs> I feel like no. You can say it. America yeah. You can say it. You can say it. I I fear America and <laughs> love many parts of it and fear many parts of it as well. That's totally valid. But... I feel the same way.
0: Yeah. But yeah. Well, that's what.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And they... That's why I'm always reminding people <laughs> hating on America over here in Canadia's. There's many people that feel the same way. Anyhow. Yeah. non-sequitur. But they,
3: they do this really intense stakeout. It is cold. The grounds are it's coated in snow. It looks freezing. It's wet outside. The skies are gray. You're just like, oh, this is not going to go well. They, they don't know where to find him. He's very in the wind. You know, this David D'Amato. But they know his apartment. And they wait outside of it. And they wait in a car for like four, five, six, seven, eight hours, something like that. And it's freezing outside. I don't know how often they were running the car, but I was just like, God damn, they're putting the work in. And, and you can just tell the, when they act like this, they know they have a great story. They know it's worth it. They know it's worth all the risk. And they were right. But I digress. They, his car finally pulls out after hours and they follow him down the street doing like following maneuvers. I'm like, did they train for this? Like, did they practice to like stalk his car? And eventually they confront him in a parking lot and they only get a, they, he basically, our, our David Kiwi, David goes up to say um Kiwi's not an offensive term. Is
2: it? No. I mean, well, he refers okay. to himself okay. as a Kiwi. Okay. I think. All right. uh, I'm just like, it's know. not
3: right. Okay. The, the, okay New so. Zealand <laughs>
2: listeners sound off, but I'm almost yeah, sure. Please no. <laughs>
3: i'm happy to apologize and correct my language if it is i'm just like feel insane okay our david caseler david no i'm just kidding uh our david goes and starts talking to him and he's like i just want to have a word you're you're suing us so much you're i can't do with the accent but he's like there's all these lawsuits he's brilliant he's like can we just talk it out and you know he doesn't want to talk it out you know he just wants to get this guy out of the car and start being like why is it your fetish to tickle and torture people with like online abuse like why are you doing all this are you at it again are you jane o'brien media which of course at this point we know okay it is this fucking freak that's who jane o'brien media is and they sort of reveal that as they have this confrontation um and he basically is just like fuck off i don't know he's he's actually a bit more timid you know his it, and it's so funny it's like okay keyboard warrior you know, you, you get behind the screen and you just have no problem ruining people's lives. But this, you know, a man walks up to you and is like, can we just talk? He, and she's just like, he is just like, I'm not going to talk. But the funny thing is, what happens is after the confrontation, the lawsuits get dropped. So the journalistic team, they go back to the drawing board, if you will, kind of. And they go back to the zip file. And in the zip file they find everything that ties David to Jane O'Brien media. And so, yes, it is David, you know, and it's this intense sort of climax of this. And it's just like, damn, don't put your shit on the internet, whatever you do. And what, how do you think that zip file was got? We don't even know who it came from. You know, we know how the journalist got his hands on it from a victim of Terry DeSisto uh, A.K.A. David D'Amato, A.K.A. Jane O'Brien Media. But my theory is David, Terry, who the fu- you know, whoever you want to call this person, pissed off the wrong person and they hacked him. And it was like in those early 90s days of the internet when there was it was lawless. There was – nobody knew how to 100% protect themselves. People were sort of developing new technology every day to get into things. That's my theory. But do do you have any other ideas about where this zip file, this mecca, this this holy grail of information on Terry DeSisto came from?
2: Yeah, that's that's a good theory. I was wondering the same thing myself because it's like it's such a golden Thing like it's it's like I any mean, documentary maker's like wet dream to be like oh yeah oops <laughs> actually accidentally here's all the to- <laughs> answers and everything
3: just fell into my hands
2: yeah and all the legal letters were maybe faked all along and here's every weird tickle website they've made there's hundreds yeah i i think hacking would be a possibility because they were hacking other people and so maybe they either hacked the wrong person someone who's good at hacking themselves or they hacked someone who then seeked out someone who is able to do the same thing back at the same time though i'm I'm trying to remember like did computers even have passwords at this point like or could you just turn it on and then put like you know a floppy disk in and be like copy the whole computer to this floppy it's disk. possible
3: i mean maybe somebody broke into his house or something i i don't know isn't but that is a great mystery to me and you know there there is a follow i mean there's a few more things we have to say about this documentary there's one more very crazy scene that happens but um there is a follow-up like a series i think or, or another documentary that i wonder i would love to know where the floppy disk came from because that is the linchpin that's what had everything fallen down into place. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's just like, this is such a good example of like the internet. You know, I had to have, I had a conversation with my dad last night about the internet is a fucking cesspit. He actually owned a company in the nineties that did like all this internet stuff and we were talking about it and just, it's, it's fucking, it is, it is a beast. It is a monster. And just the crevices of the internet and how it has changed us as a species. And it's like, you got to wonder how would this David D'Amato's sociopathic tendencies have played out if he didn't have the internet to abuse people with? Because he had the tickle fetish and you can see like, okay, well, how did people meet their fetishes in the 70s and 80s? They go out to bars, you know, go to meetups, you know, write in the paper you could write a personal ad in the paper, but how would he have abused the people? And then you just have—he uh, probably would have been a murderer. Like I, I can't, just this this sociopathic need to ruin someone's life and punish them for saying no to you. I wonder yeah. what it would have been like if he had been around, not for the internet.
2: Yeah, it is very pathological. And like on on like the flip side of that, it's like whenever people are hating on the harms of social media like i'm i'm usually coming to its defense where i'm like mm-hmm. every every person who has felt isolated and has some weird interest or or fetish oh, or man. whatever they're into yeah whatever taylor they're sport. into <laughs> gay <laughs> taylor swift Grant. like no but but like they can just because of the internet they have a information highway where they can connect to anyone else in the world who's into this and they know that they're not alone and that's to me like yeah, obviously our brains are probably like melting by the day being glued to our phones. Um not great, but there's a lot of benefits with the way that people can connect over their like niche obsessions, but yeah, it is it is really a tool that has like it's now like it's now basically an extension of us.
3: Yeah, and it it opens us up in a way that the human species, no animal ever on earth has been open. You know, it just sort of an instantly connecting you to the world makes you this v- kind of vulnerable, and I don't know. I th- not to get sort of we're kind of going out on a tangent. There's one more scene to talk about, but like, I do worry for us. I worry about AI. I'm worried. That's that's like the name of this game. I'm fucking I'm worried, guys. Like, okay, is it is it bad
2: that I'm not worried? Like, you're
3: not worried about AI.
2: I know and I feel like that's really messed up where I'm like, I want technology to work for me. Like I want like um, <laughs> like I was looking into like AI video editing software and I'm like great and, well, and maybe sure that's, that's like, gonna be great. Mess- no, I know, but like that is such a then informing a potentially extremely selfish. Perspective, or I'm like, well, it seems to be benefiting me, so maybe it's going to ruin all of humanity. I don't know. I think that bias makes me not look into the fears because you're like, I think, no, I, I see the upside.
3: I can, yeah. I can rock with this if it makes my life easier. Sure,
2: yeah. I, I think I've also always kind of low key feared like a robot takeover, like mm-hmm. from from early on. So AI to me, I'm like, yeah, that's just part of my <laughs> like fears. Of You've like already robot- accepted it robot army yes like i'm like what i've already in my mind for like years and years been trying to plan like what am i going to do if the robot armies come for us like this is i don't know if that's crazy or not but now that everyone else is worried i'm like okay well maybe someone will figure something out cuz it's not just me worried anymore I don't do you know want to know
3: okay can i say i so i'm worried like i'm worried that millions of people are not going to have work anymore when ai takes that that sort of thing i'm worried about the socioeconomic you know, impacts of what AI could do. But do you want to know what I'm actually worried about? I'm yeah. worried that deep fake videos and pictures will become so easy to make and make look so real that as like a Gaylor Swift podcaster, I'm going to have to be chasing down and be like, no, Carly and Taylor are not together right now. They that That's, that's fucking AI Photoshop. And so I just – I'm not looking forward to, like, the days where people will tweet, like, Taylor out on the streets with so-and-so. And and I'm going to – there's going to be a big debate over if it's AI or not because you cannot tell. You know, you could could pretend you took the picture yourself and be like, no, I just saw her. Look, I've got video. I've got photo. And it looks indistinguishable. And that will be used in way worse ways, right? You can frame people for crimes. You can – you know they they will have to there has to be some kind of watermark on a on a digital document that says this was made by ai i don't know how they're going to do
2: it but like that's my dumb ai worry where, where someone can like splice together like you you saying that like you think Taylor and Carly are, are, are like still together in the yeah year people are gonna like, make <laughs> deep fakes
3: of me being like Taylor Swift straight also late stage Kaylor's real all this dumb stuff you know
2: and those those it's two just... babies really are their babies together and they're raising yeah. a happy family <laughs> by the <I'm like>, no <laughs> no okay uh, I take back everything I said um, what I this is this is what like. I don't know what this says about me, but the fact that I've like been kept up at night for about this whole, what is technology going to do to us type of thing for like, as far as I can remember, I think this is what I've been scared of. Um, it's almost like all the fears are tr- trying to get through the door at once. So nothing really does. And I'm just like, oh, <laughs> back, just playing phone games. Everything's fine for now. But yeah, deep fakes are going to be a big issue um police are like not not sharp the sharpest tools mentally on like a good day about what's going on currently and the laws haven't currently caught up to what people are dealing with now things like revenge porn and things like that don't aren't necessarily manipulating um manipulating images but just using the internet to to distribute things that shouldn't be Laws haven't caught up with that. They haven't caught up with people being harassed online. Like, I've I've heard from so many cases of people that go to the police and they're like, this person's harassing me online. They're like, well, they haven't shown up at your house. Like, you're fine. So what are they going to do about these threats that you're talking about? Like, what?
3: I don't know. I imagine they'll make deep fake videos of us tickling each other because we have covered... <laughs> this i i don't know what the world's gonna be but can i can we can i tell you about or can we tell the listener about this last scene because it's crazy take it take it away cam yes so they get a woman named Dottie on the phone our kiwi david our caseler david and she is talking to them and she is david damato's stepmother and she says oh god is he still doing that and they're like, yeah, we're like, yeah, he's, he's at it again. He's doing the tickle and the abuse and the crazy shit. And she basically just says, Oh God. And she has this conversation with him. She says, well, he had a really hard childhood and they zoom in on our David's face. And his, he looks you know, very somber. And she starts talking about the other kids would bully him. He had a very, and I feel like this is like a, the script from psycho. It's like, he had a very, um, overbearing mother who didn't let him play, didn't let him go out. The kids would come over and make fun of him for not being allowed to play. So then you start seeing, okay, like making fun of someone, you know, tickling. You can kind of see what, like, there's laughter involved in both. And you sort of wonder, is is there something in that where it's sort of you force someone to be sort of uncomfortable and there's laughter involved. And it's like, maybe it's kind of a projection of that. I don't know, that might be a bit of a reach, but just... You know, he was bullied as a kid and she just, you know, he had a, you know, despite being wealthy beyond all you can imagine, he had a very, it sounds like just a tough childhood full of bullying and you get, you guess like, okay, so he's become the bully. Like that's how he's coping with this. And, of course, that's not excusing it. Like, fuck this guy. Fuck David yeah. so much. Yeah.
2: You know who's had a lot of hard childhood?
3: A lot of people. A lot of don't. fucking people that don't turn into absolute, you know, yeah. monsters on the internet or in real life as well. And then she goes on to say, and this is, like, my big takeaway from the scene, but she was like, I, I, I have no contact with him. I will not. And she doesn't go into detail, but she seems scared of him. And you got to think we're talking about like antisocial behavior, sociopath behavior. Yeah. Probably a little. Was there violence from him on his part? You know, at some point did, did it escalate to phys- like the way she talks about him? You're just like, okay, so he, he's like dangerous and, and violent too. And yeah. just to paint the picture, this David DeMato guy, like I described the other guy, Kevin, greasy, slimy, dark energy, ugly, yeah. n- nasty, you know, inside and out. And, um, you know, you just find out like, oh, okay, so this guy's probably gay. She says, I don't know if he's gay or if he's asexual. He's never had a girlfriend. you know, you got to imagine gay because of the sexual nature of this this tickling fetish.
2: Yeah, and anyone who describes their organization as, like, what was it, aggressive? it was, like, an aggressively, <laughs> passionately heterosexual sport. It really is.
3: <laughs> he who smelt it dealt it, bitch. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's one thing to be like, oh, no, it's not gay, it's just a sport. But the, you know, but then that's like, okay, I guess it's not gay. They said it's not gay. It looks kind of gay, but whatever. But I'm telling you, it's like you see this all over the world with, like, in America, you know, conservatives, it's all about projection. They're calling liberals, child molesters, sexual abusers nonstop. And then a news story comes out and it's like, who sexually assaulted a child this week? Oh, a priest. Oh, a Republican congressperson. It's all about like whatever somebody is shouting loudest about. You're like, OK, so you're telling on yourself. Another good example is like this is just in life. I've found that if a partner is cheating on their partner, they start to get paranoid that their partner's cheating. Because they're doing it. So they're saying, well, I'm doing it. They must be doing it. So they start to accuse the other partner of cheating. When they were the ones being unfaithful all the time. Because it's projection. And so when you go up and say, oh, this is kind of gay. And the response is, no, it's not fucking gay. You fucking homosexual. It's not gay. You slur. Then you're like, oh, it's real. Okay, So it's like super gay. It's real, 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 real
2: gay. You know? Oh, my God. I just had this epiphany. (laughs) Mm -hmm. My, my first boyfriend had to have been cheating on me. Like, he was a piece oh, of shit for happened? many Well, I'm just like, he was always accusing me of cheating. And I wasn't. I was like, what are you, t-? like, <laughs> I'm I'm not, like, and any, anyone, I mean, he was also, he was horrible for many reasons. But, like, in movies, it would be like, oh, are you trapped in this guy? Or, like, wh- whatever. And then um, I was trying to, like, just level and be like, I don't know, I guess he's cute. See? Like, yeah. you know, just like picking apart arguments and making something out of nothing. But at the same time, he was, like, an artist and hanging out with, like, mm. girls from art class because they're just really into oh. painting. And so they, like, it's just, like, you wouldn't understand because you're not an artist. Like, you know. <laughs> Would you,
3: like, lose him for swaths of time? Like, he's just kind of off the grid. You can't get
2: him on the phone. Well, he had to have this chick over painting. Like, they'd be painting okay. together. Like, I'm yeah. like, oh my God. I was so, this was, <laughs> I, why did I not put this together? I was, I was naive and <laughs> fucked up. I'm sorry, I months. hate
3: to be, I don't mean to be the bearer of bad news, but yeah, he was cheating on you, like, yeah. hardcore, for sure. Like,
2: yeah, of course, <laughs> that, that would make sense, because I was like, why are you so obsessed with me cheating on you? Like, I just thought he was, like, a controlling, hor- horrible asshole, which he, he was, but I'm like, oh, that obsession didn't come from nowhere, because I was not, like, I didn't have... There was nothing that would have made you think that unless we yeah. are going, oh, so,
3: wow. Yeah, you know, Buddha <laughs> said, uh, B- Buddha said your thoughts become your world. And so when you're sitting around thinking about, fuck, I'm cheating, fuck, I'm cheating, fuck, then you start to see cheating everywhere. You're cheating. My partner's cheating, you know, and it. we really do, you know. I feel like these people tell on themselves when Lauren fucking Bobert, who's a Republican congresswoman in Colorado, is sitting around saying, Drag shows are filled with child molesters. They're there to do sexual things in front of children. Boom, smash, cut in 30 Rock esque style to Lauren fucking Bobert in a theater full of children to see a, a musical Beetlejuice, which is for ten, ages 10 and up, literally jerking off a guy okay, fondling his dick, fondling a guy's dick.
2: But he's, like, strong-arming her boobs. He's just reaching out. And he's,
3: like, they're, like, like, they're fucking over their clothes in front of a bunch of children. And it's, like, I'm sorry, I haven't seen a trans woman do that this week. I haven't seen a lesbian do that this week. I haven't seen a queer person do that this week.
2: No, You're the one
3: doing the sexual stuff in front of kids. I'm just saying, when these, you know. I know. and
2: And I'm, like, speaking of save the children or free whatever, like, if you're in a facility with children, like, Kind of yeah. fucked up person, like is like, yeah, yeah let's fucking vape and get yeah. wasted Ooh, I'm and like feel horny. Each other. <laughs> All these kids around. It's like,
3: okay, so you guys are the fucking predators. You guys yeah. are the fucking nasty freaks that want to do sexual stuff in front of children. It was never trans people. It was never queer people. It was never the drag queens. It was always you. And the reason you're mm. yelling about it so loud, not to get on a
2: fucking political rant, sorry, but no, the that's reason what happen- that's what always yeah. happens here. That's that's what. <laughs> <laughs> no, thoughts become your world man your thoughts do become your world and it's so it's like it's so perverse in just how broaded this guy mm-hmm. guys to the core but then he's like creating these other monsters out of people where it's like this basically like army of of people who were young boys got roped into this and then all of a sudden oh they're the like perverse homosexual doing all these things that's what he's telling to like everyone in their life so it's like oh I'm not the monster actually everyone who does is part of these tickle cells like they're the monsters because it's it's also it, it really is like luring them into a trap because it's it's both equally what seems to me about control and torture because it takes so little for someone to defect and to get on the wrong side of this that it's almost inevitable. Um, and so it's like you're either controlling them or you're tormenting them.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Just like Republicans. Sorry. I'm I- just saying, it. I think it is an allegory no, I, for the modern day Republican Party. Like- yes, yeah, <laughs> yes. I would agree. No, don't worry. Anyone who's listening. Well, actually, I don't think- <laughs> I at first <laughs> at first I was like um not like concerned when I talked about political things um but I was just like you know you don't want anyone to hit you where it hurts with like the the crazy messages or, or the reviews but I think something about my general essence like skip sca- like either bores those people or scares them away they don't even get that far so I don't really hear that blowback so much um No I don't think any I don't, yeah.
3: I, you know, I don't think any Republicans, you know, are interested in any of my content either. And if they were, they're in for. I feel like I did used to have like an anti-choice person come around, come around and be like, "How do you want to kill all these babies?" And I was like, "Fuck you! This space isn't for you. Go, go, mm-hmm. you know, get the fuck away from me." And uh,
2: there's so I, many spaces for them. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a very lovely little corner of the internet generally mm-hmm. around here. But it's yeah, it's yes, yes. Um, But yeah, it is it is an allegory because it is just all about taking the demons that haunt you and then turning it out on other people backed by endless supplies of money. So that's where I really do see that analogy, like all tying together with a sick, twisted little bow. Yeah.
3: And and it's sort of like just goes to show people with money are above the law, basically, you know. Or they yep. can be if the circumstances are right. And, yeah, they. one of the things the documents, the zip file uncovers is that he's got a trust fund paying for all his expenses. He's got $5 million in a bank account, a couple more million in another bank account. And you want to know what's insane? He does not make any money off the Tickle videos. He takes them for his personal collection, Jane's personal collection, and then he uses them for blackmail. But he does not make money off the videos. And that was a bit shocking to me because surely, you know, there would be people who would pay good money for that. We already saw the other guy who makes the porn of it and it's his career, but that he just does this for nothing other than sport. And you want to talk about a competitive endurance. Tickling is a sport. The sport is the hunt of innocent young boys and, you know, innocent people who are down on their luck And it's a lot of straight guys that get roped into this, but it's probably a lot of vulnerable queer guys too who are like open to it because they're queer. And then, you know, that's already an intersection of vulnerability. And the sport of sort of hunting them down, suckering them in, and then abusing the shit out of them. And because it's not even about money, which is insane to me, but it's just, that is
2: what it is. No, and it's not about tickling obviously no because if you have that much money you can just pay someone pay a sex worker to come over and or pay like someone even who's not a sex worker to start a fucking
3: film studio like the florida guy
2: did yeah you know it's it's, not about that it's about but it it is about the pursuit because at this point the abuse yeah because even in the early stages of the internet i'm sure you could find that content if you wanted to
3: yeah 100 percent
2: So I don't know. I just think
3: it's hard hard to have like that much of a lesson, but I think be honest with yourself about who you are, accept who you are, and don't make a sport out of hurting people. And I think the people who are going to do that are going to still do that even with me saying that, but that's just sort of my takeaway. And he who fucking smelt it dealt it.
2: Yep. You know so if, you had a shitty, if you had a shitty childhood, don't go ruining thousands of people's lives across the globe.
3: No, please. if you're going through problems, s- head on over to stay at home girlfriends, at stay at home girlfriends pod <laughs> on Instagram, at stay at home girlfriends on TikTok, stay at home girlfriends wherever you get your podcast, and on YouTube, it's a video podcast. Send mm-hmm. us an advice request. We got yep. you. Or just get hyperfixated okay. on how Taylor Swift is gay. That works too. What I will yeah. say,
2: wherever you get your podcast watch that is shamelessly easy, but... plugging my shit no but that was what i was gonna say they're easy on the eyes go watch on go watch on video format oh, audio is fine too gabby is sure no no no. it's the dude do- it's the it's the one-two punch here it's the whole it's a package deal so all of that will be in the episode description also what i will say for anyone who isn't already listening thank you so much for joining me today cam this was so lovely and oh my god it was wonderful wild. thank
3: you for thinking of me so much. I really oh, enjoyed my this.
2: Always. The best. Okay. Bye.
0: This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar!